Bonjour, shalom, and hello. Welcome to the eighth episode of our second season of Calling an Audible, a podcast focusing on national, regional, and local news sports stories with our own special twist. My name is Zachary Merger, along with my co-host, Greg Johnson. We will be talking about NFL free agency, some more NCAA scandals, what else is new, and uh, some local news, and as always, we'll wrap it up with uh, our rivalry segment and our wacky sports update. Uh, Greg, you found some uh, breaking news on uh, another NCAA scandal, and this is seems to be a theme with the NCAA because they have a scandal at least once a year coming out. I did, yeah. So there's a Bleacher Report article that actually just came out. I think this was all conducted by the FBI. They recently just released this. And an article on, by Mike Chiari on Bleacher Report states over 40 people, including some college coaches, were indicted Tuesday for allegedly getting students admitted to elite universities as recruited athletes, regardless of their athletic ability, and helping potential students cheat on their college exams. Some of the colleges listed were Georgetown, Stanford, UCLA, USC, Wake Forest, Yale, and there's a bunch more, obviously. And so essentially what this is is the indictment states a third party took the ACT and SAT college entrance exams in place of students. The documents also allege that some defendants created fake athletic profiles for students to make them appear to be successful athletes and get them into college. Some of the things they would do were have hire proctors to take the test or correct the answers for that student, and the bribes range from a few thousand dollars to up to six million dollars. There it's were, a lot of money. There is. Per Aaron Katersky and Bill Hutchinson of ABC News, actresses Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin were among those who have been charged. They were indicted and alleged to have paid up to $6 million in bribes to get their children into colleges. That's crazy. I mean, I didn't think college was that important to pay $6 million on top of the tuition already. I guess if they can pay $6 million, tuition must not That's be anything. Change, yep. But just thinking about that, as part of the indictment, Laughlin is alleged to have paid 500000 in bribes to have her two daughters designated as recruits to the USC crew team, despite the fact that they do not participate in crew. So basically, they were not even going to be student athletes no they paid coaches to make a sport profile for them and that's so ridiculous then they just got into college that way because i guess i'm assuming athletes have some sort of preference to college entrance i'm sure i I would assume so especially top division one school like that especially if for whatever reason but just thinking about that why would it just baffles me you want your kid to get in college that bad, you're going to pay an, a ridiculous amount of money just to see that happen? Why, I, what I would do as a parent is probably um, put money into making it so they can get those test scores on their own and get into college on their own yeah. rather than paying paying a, somebody $6 million to proctor an exam. That seems a little far-fetched and uh, crazy to me, but, you know, people have that money, so... Uh, yeah, like you and said, for, for coaches to want it to to be mixed up in this when they have an like college division one college coaches have enough money to begin with. Why would they want to be mixed up in this? But I guess if you're waving six million dollars in my face, I might do the same thing. So that is a lot of money, and you don't screw around when you're offered six million dollars to get two random kids into college. I mean, that's I guess I understand the point, but 
there is no morality behind that. I mean, if the kid doesn't deserve to get into that college, that's because they don't deserve to get into the college. Yeah, not smart enough. Yeah, they're not smart enough. They obviously didn't try. And honestly, I think it's terrible that they're going to try and get on their name alone yeah. if they have no merit to their name. So if their test scores weren't good enough, take the test again, study for it. Do what the rest of every other American kid that wants to get into college did. They worked hard. I don't yeah. think you should have to have your mommy and daddy pay $6 million. Money's so a loophole get... for people, though. It is. Yeah. I guess in this case, instead of buying happiness, I bought them college. Which... <laughs> <laughs> uh, college is happiness, at least for me. I mean, yeah, I've enjoyed my time at Crookston, especially with you. Yeah. I hope you'd say the same. I, I would definitely say the same. I wouldn't be doing a podcast with you if I didn't feel that way. Even though, <laughs> e- even though it's a good podcast, but I like it. Yeah, we we have a good time over here. But um, the NFL big news over the last couple of days, uh, NFL free agency has started. Um, and the biggest news before we get into free agency was the Steelers have finally gotten rid of their Antonio Brown problem. But the problem they have now is they got absolutely nothing in return for one of the best receivers in the NFL. What, a third and fifth they round draft pick? They got a third pick? and a fifth round pick. And there was a funny uh, piece I saw on Twitter that uh, they they attempted to try the trade in Madden and the the where the Raiders proposed the trade to the Steelers and then the to the computer and then the, the trade was of course declined and the little memo at the top was just like you've completely insulted us with this offer <laughs> and to me like in real life it's just like like that's just so insulting that i mean it's not insulting because obviously they agreed to it but antonio brown is worth far more than a third and fifth round pick but for them to get rid of that cancer that they've been dealing with exactly. for the last year you know three and five might be a good deal for them because they weren't going it, to – it's tough to trade a guy like that. I'm surprised they didn't have to give up one of their plethora of first-round picks this year. Yeah. I'm surprised that wasn't included in the deal. But I guess, yeah, when, you have, when you're selling a superstar like that who's been forcing his way out that entire year, yeah. I guess it makes sense that because he wasn't exactly happy with the situation, and I'm going to directly state this, that the Steelers wasted a perfect trio of talent. Oh, yeah. With Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, and Antonio yeah, Brown. There's just got to be a lot of culture issues in, in Pittsburgh if uh, they couldn't keep those guys happy. Usually it's pretty easy to keep your best players happy. but it almost makes you wonder, what do you think happened? Probably a culture problem. If, if, if I mean, it, it to me, like at first with the whole Le'Veon thing, like I understood – with the holdout and stuff like that, like they should just they should have just paid the man, and they're gonna be seeing that they're gonna regret it for a long time to come. Right. But like, and then when the the stuff with Antonio Brown started, like it it just became pretty clear to me that there's something going on like within that locker room, within that building that you know is steering people away. So, as a former football player, I'm sure you definitely understand yeah. any aspect of culture in yeah. a locker room such as that. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, in other news, too, Nick Foles has officially signed his ginormous contract with the Jaguars. Four years, $88 million, and I'm pretty sure I think probably about half of that's going to be guaranteed. I think they definitely over oh, – yeah, over 50 is guaranteed, and I, I think they they overpaid for Nick Foles. I, li- I really like Nick Foles, but the bottom line is, in, in his career, he has only shown – Success in Philadelphia. Yep, and that's a huge gamble by Jackson. And coming in relief for Carson Wentz. And 
you know, he had a little bit of, he had a lot, he actually, there was one season where he was with Philadelphia. It was, I think it was right after the Michael Vick years where he w- had like 31 touchdowns and two interceptions. Ironically or enough, crazy that numbers. was under the Chip Kelly system. Too. Right. But also in Philadelphia. And, and we say it all the time when we talk about Nick Foles is that that was a good fit from there. But, you know, Jacksonville has a good defense still and they have Leonard Fournette. So there's a chance this could pay off for them, but they, you know, they're in a tough division with, uh, the Colts and the Texans and even the Titans are okay. So we'll see what happens with uh, with Jacksonville next year. But I yeah, like I like you said, I agree with the fact that he's a very expensive purchase. I don't think he's gonna amount to what they expect. He's not gonna be who he was in Philadelphia. But with that being said, he's he's gonna do a lot better than Bortles because that's not tough to beat, in my opinion. Right. And my uh, feelings about Bortles has been displayed evidently. But I don't. I don't know. I just think they paid probably about too. Well, obviously too much. But I would say they paid twenty two million too much. I mean, coming from as a Vikings fan with the Kirk Cousins situation, right? But. Like that was just that deal is just a little bit. Well, Kirk Cousins was three eighty four, something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. About right. So I guess it's a. I guess Kirk's was a was was about twenty million dollars more. But even at that, you're. I'm not very good at math, though, so if that's wrong... Well, we didn't come to college for (laughs) math, per se. (laughs) That's why we're doing a podcast. (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, of the the free agents that... Notable free agents that still haven't been signed, you have uh, Ndamukong Sue, who has been, you know, a controversial player throughout his career, and he still hasn't been signed. You have Earl Thomas, who had that whole holdout situation last year. He came back, and then he tore his Achilles, so... That was a whole situation. Doesn't he want to go to Dallas, though? Yeah, or he said that he wants to go to Dallas, but Dallas hasn't capitalized on that yet. So, are they? They need to jump on that. They definitely need to jump on that. But you know, Dallas had a good team last year, so they might be content with where they're at. Exactly. Justin Houston's still available. He's old, though. Yeah, but I heard the Jets are going to go after him, being they missed out on the Anthony Barr sweepstakes. But that that'll come later for you viewers at home. We'll talk about that. Vikings fans would be interested to know that Teddy Bridgewater resigned with the Saints, and I think Sean Payton said that if I read it correctly, once Drew Brees retires, he's next in line, which isn't a bad thing to do. He's a, he's a good quarterback, but they're gonna have to change I just to don't a, like you know you you get re- you you're gonna lose Drew Brees, and then you're gonna be going into a with a 30 year old very damaged uh, Teddy Bridgewater they're gonna have to change to it's not a very good succession right there their offense is gonna have to go to a run game after that I mean and they 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 can I think Teddy could do a lot with Alvin Kamara but you know it's gonna I just you know Drew Brees Alvin Kamara or Drew Brees versus um Teddy Bridgewater is (laughs) very different yeah Golden Tate's still available and he said he would be more than happy to play with Tom Brady which then again, what receiver wouldn't be? C.J. Mosley from the Ravens signed with the New York Jets, eighty-five million dollar deal. Uh, Landon Collins, who we talked about last week, wasn't franchise tag. He ended up s- signing within the division to the uh, Washington Redskins who for they eighty-four million. Definitely overpaid on that one. Yeah, I, I mean he's a good safety, but you know. Hey, look at this! Ha ha! Clinton Dix is a current free agent. He is. Maybe the Packers will go go and get him. But wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. I, I could see that happen. Clay I mean, Matthews, he's still I mean, available. we're about to uh, – we just signed um, Adrian Amos from Chicago to play safety. So we'll um, 
We're, we'll talk a bit, a bit more about that during our rivalry segment. But um, we'll move on to uh, talk about some uh, state news. And this is, you know, with NFL free agency going on right now, there's a lot of, um, you know, stuff going on with the Vikings. Uh, the, the biggest uh, situation was Anthony Barr uh, this morning had signed with the uh, New York Jets, but then over the last couple of hours, uh, he said, sorry, New York, and stayed in Minnesota. So uh, well, how do you feel about that uh, that little transaction right there? We just wasted a bunch of cap space on a declining linebacker. I think he was a – I don't know. He's, just, he's a good linebacker, but he I believe he was part of calling the defense this – past season if I remember right and we saw what happened from 2017 to 2018 yeah big drop in numbers I mean they went from first the best defense to the fourth best I mean it's not a significant drop because you know teams always get better and they but him personally also saw a pretty big drop in numbers he had 20 less tackles from uh over that between 27 and 18 like he was steadily getting roughly 70 tackles every every year prior to this and then last year he dropped down to the 50s so you know it could be at the beginning of a decline but I know you guys will always love him for hurting my beloved Aaron so he had it coming I mean when you don't slide like that and then he's a fragile person it was a dirty player it was was no it was dirty player dirty play but it's okay. That that's why we have to see all these stupid penalties called now in the NFL. Did you notice with that, all these roughing the past? Did you notice they stopped calling those more and more as the season progressed? Well, because it was pissing a lot of a lot of fans off because like it slows down the game and it, it's ruining drives. You can't even land on top of quarterback anymore. Right, and to put the your NFL weight on. It's, so it, I'm glad they finally stopped calling that. That was a bunch of nonsense, but it did help the Vikings out a couple games during the season. But ultimately, it didn't really help them out at all because they finished one game above 500 with a tie. What else? What else happened with the? You know, there's been talks about Kyle Rudolph possibly restructuring his con his contract and to I, to being less. I'm assuming probably move the money around so that way yeah. there's more cap space this year. But the Vikings are already hard pressed the way it is. I don't see what more they could do. Uh huh. And I don't know. It's just. He's probably one of the better receiving red zone tight ends there are in the league next to Rob Gronkowski, who still hasn't quite decided on his future. But Rudolph's a good leader on the team. He, he's he been around. He's been in the system. He, he People look up to him, but he, he needs to restructure it a little bit. And I think there's a lot of players on the team that need to restructure their deals because it's just, I don't know, it's just not yeah, going players to players well. are... Players and agents, in particular, aren't very—they're uh, not as willing usually to restructure contracts because usually, when contract restructuring happens, it's to the benefit of the team well, and yeah. r- rather than the player. But you know, some some guys like—I mean—and Thielen's contract got restructured, didn't it? It or might have. It's going to be. It's, if it hasn't been, it'll probably soon be. But yeah, also, it's going to have to be with with the numbers he's put up and that'll be restructured in his favor i think so unless he signs a extension that it, benefits it, him. that's what it'll, they'll probably end up doing with him is it they'll might, probably just sign him to an yeah. extension sheldon richardson officially moved on to the browns we we knew he was gonna be a one-year rental the way it was yeah he signed a prove-it deal and he wanted a multi-year deal and when the vikings re-signed shamar stevens as basically saying richardson's on his way out yeah i mean he he was a good 
defensive lineman. He had a good, season, he had a, he had a good season. He wasn't like outstanding, but yeah. he still did his job. Yeah, he did his job, and 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 uh, with a lot of defensive linemen. Like I remember when I used to play football, like. I wasn't when I or when I used to play defensive line when I played football like I wasn't like an outstanding defensive end but like I would go in there and I would do my job and you know not not screw up and that sometimes it goes a long way when you have like other playmakers on your defense exactly and and that that those are important guys to have but uh, you guys didn't resign uh, Sendejo yet and no. Nope. He's, Latavia, a, he's a fan favorite in Minnesota too. Just because he's a hard hitter, yeah. But he's very prone to pass interference penalties. He True. hits above the shoulder, so he gets a lot of. He's a poor man's uh, Harrison Smith, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Yeah, he's basically the penalty prone Harrison Smith. He's not as good. In fact, he didn't really start much at all this past season with injuries and obviously penalty issues. But the Vikings actually have good depth in their safeties. I'm not going to lie. They have the thing Mike Zimmer has done very well is make the defense deep. Now he just needs to figure out how to do that with the offensive line, which definitely didn't take a step forward as they cut Mike Remmers, which actually is probably a good choice because he's overpaid for his position. He's not that good. You guys need to go after offensive linemen in the draft, but. I would not be mad if their first four picks were offensive line. They'll probably go de- defense, though, because oh. the Vikings always go defense All in the, the draft. All the mock drafts I've been reading were either Vikings pick a linebacker, or a defensive back, possibly a safety. Yeah. We're not going to try our luck in the wide receiver. Free, or the you guys are all right at receiver right now, I think, with, well, uh, Diggs, with Diggs and, and Thielen. Thielen and then you have Rudolph, a receiving tight end. I yep. wouldn't. You guys don't really need to look for... I mean, as long as you can keep Thielen and Diggs, I don't know if you're going to be They're able to keep up both for, of them. They will. Hopefully they Thielen can. Thielen doesn't want to leave. For your sake. Diggs is locked up for a while. I just hope they get But you guys of, did lose Latavius Murray, and he was... Yep. Pro- I would say he was better than Dalvin Cook for, for in your backfield last year. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think Latavius Murray, he was a good third down back. I mean, there's a couple times where he had some good runs up the middle, and he got his he got the first down. He had a lot of yards per carry actually from whenever I watched any of the games. But he he restructured his deal last year for the benefit of the team, and there's no way he's going to do it again. And him leaving's not surprising. But the thing that actually makes me the most mad is the fact he went to New Orleans. Yeah, and that just uh, to me that's just like oh, I'm just going to go play for the enemy. Yeah, which isn't the Packers for once. Well. You guys have a lot more to worry about next season, I think. But oh, please! I don't see a conference championship anywhere in the picture for you guys. But yeah, but the Packers, on the other hand, will be there, oh, guaranteed. Oh, okay, guaranteed. But uh, Latavius Murray had 578 yards last season. Cook had 615, but uh, Murray had six touchdowns and Cook had two. So the majority of your Red zone scoring came from Latavius Murray, so you guys are going to have to find a replacement there. Lack of red I mean, zone scoring. You know what you guys could do is go to New Orleans and say, "Hey, Mark Ingram, that would be something." You know that but, would be great for you guys. Mark Ingram would be a top tier running back for you guys for sure. I don't. I think the I want the Packers to go after Ingram too, but. Eh, I don't know. Packers also, I mean, they have running backs, but they're not, you know, big-name running backs. They're guys that were serviceable and showed flashes last year, but, you know, lots of running backs do that, and then they're nothing. So and, uh, and I'm referring to Alex Jones and uh, Jamal Williams when I'm talking about that. You know what I think, Zach? What? And you're probably going to laugh at me for this, but I think the Vikings need to have a reunion with Adrian Peterson. 
But he, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that for you guys. But I, I think that he's a little old. Yeah, but <laughs> Adrian Alday, Peterson, you also know, known maybe as signed per- him to a one, one year yeah. like swan song contract. Yeah. but like his his career, like he he did show a, have a good season in Washington last yeah. year. But the man's also known he, as Purple still, Jesus. He has sh- shown signs of slowing down, and that's his, what happens with any running back once they turn thirty. Yeah, his uh, stats this past year, he ran for thousand forty two yards. He, that's crazy. And how old is he? Thirty one now. He is. You know, he's probably around 31, yeah. Yeah. He's definitely not a young buck like he once was, but no. he he did a, he did really good. He played in 16 games, 251 rushes. He had seven touchdowns, which obviously isn't as much as he used to, but he still had a 90-yard touchdown run last year, and he averaged 4.2 yards per carry, which compared to our Vikings running backs is a huge upgrade. So, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing AP back in purple. I think he had come on a friendly deal because I believe there is mutual interest between the two. Mm. I don't think it's far-fetched. No, it's not. I think it'd be something i like to see. I just hope he figured out how not to fumble. Well, I'll tell you who won't be in your uh, backfield next year, and that's Rock Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he uh, might be in prison for uh, a long time. No, he'll get out pretty fast, especially in Minnesota. (laughs) They're pretty lax on that stuff. But yeah, it's, that's whatever. That's, yeah. that's some other thing we can talk about. So. But uh, we'll uh, move on to some local news. We actually have quite a bit of uh, UMC uh, sports to uh, discuss. And it's not really you know, like basketball season's done. Uh, baseball and softball are, have slowly been and surely been getting underway so far. Uh, the men's and women's golf team will both uh, play at the Winona State Invitational in Las Vegas, not at Winona State. But uh, that that that's actually uh, as we speak. Um, uh, no updates on that as of yet. But uh, tennis uh, this evening they'll be against uh, Rockhurst in in Orlando. Okay. Um, tomorrow the equestrian team they'll be in the IHSA semifinal. So good luck to them doing that. Uh, putting on for the school. Um, on Sunday, the softball team uh, will be playing Caldwell University at 10.15 a.m. and then St. Michael's College at 12.30 uh, p.m. And those games will be streamed if you're interested in watching those online. And then also on Sunday, baseball will be against Wayne State, but that game will not be streamed. So uh, a lot of UMC uh, sports to look out for this over this week and uh, into uh, spring break week. And We'll see how our teams do, and we'll discuss it a little more once we get back from spring break. Yeah, you know, I I'm glad to see the sports are actually having a slight turnaround. I know I've mentioned this before, but they're slowly and slowly and surely improving, and eventually some, some programs, some are. programs, yes, other programs, not so much. But in yeah. Crookston, that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at uh, athletics programs. At UMC, <laughs> so far as like a, if you if you're looking at like a stock market chart, you see like a downtrend, and then every now and then you'll see like big spike, a little, little bit of a spike up, and then it'll just slowly continue trending downward. But and like like you saw that with the baseball team, like they had a great season, and then yeah, last two season, years ago they're really good, and then last, last year's season a dropped downtrend. But this year it looks like they're probably going to be even keel. They're straightening yeah, out a little but, bit of consolidation, a little but, bit, but you know it's. You can't always. It's like the Vikings. Two years ago, they're good. Yeah. Last year, they're a joke. Yeah, you know, it's just, that's how yeah, sports. Yeah, I mean, sometimes. the Packers are on a, always on an uptrend, but then they'll have like a big <laughs> drop every now and then, and then they'll just keep going up. 
you know, that those se- the seven and nine seasons in the past two years, you know, we're like on a little bit of a middle ground right now, but we're about to shoot up after these free agent signings. And that's what we're about to talk about in our rivalry segment for today. The funniest thing about you, Zach Greenberg, is you're not even from Green Bay, but you're, hey. you're, you're what I expect of a Packer fan. Okay, fair enough. But like growing up in Canada, we don't have an NFL team. I have to choose somebody. I'm not dogging you on that, but I'm just saying you're so high and mighty about the Packers. Because we're the best when we know we're the best. You won a Super Bowl in, what, 2010? Yeah. When was the last time you guys won one? Well, we went to four of them, but they didn't turn out too well. (laughs) And those were in our glory days of the Purple People Eaters. Those those were some glory days for you guys, but... They got hosed. That's all I'm going to say is they had it in their hands, and then they just... You added subpar to our... (laughs) Yeah, I, I thought you were going to catch that, but... I just v- caught it right now. Viewers at home in our script, Zach finally saw that he had Packers make a splash in free agency, but I added the word Packers make a subpar splash. Which is completely false because... It absolutely is true. Which I will get into right now when I say, like, the Packers passed administration not about free agencies. Like, some of their biggest free agent signings were Reggie White and Charles Woodson, and that's about it. But now, with our new GM, Brian Gutkeinst. Never heard of the name. Excuse me if I'm saying your name wrong, Mr. Brian, but (laughs) you're killing it in Green Bay. We've already four free agent signings today. You're spending all that money. What are you doing? Two outside linebackers, Preston and Zadarius Smith. Preston Smith out of uh, Washington, and he kills it on my Madden Overdrive team, so I love Preston Smith. (laughs) So he's had 24 and a half sacks over the last four years, so we're excited about getting him in. And um, I think Zadarius Smith was the leading sack or the sack leader in, in Baltimore, Baltimore. Last year. Yep, and they're both going to be good because you know Clay Matthews. I love you. You've been my favorite player ever since Brett Favre left Green Bay, but you're not getting re-signed, and we need new pass rushers. And Preston and Zadarius Smith are going to come in and, and kill it for us and and revamp our defense, which has been much needed for the last eh, fifteen years. <laughs> so you signed. Three guys. Four. Year. So you signed four guys. Excuse me. Four guys I have never heard of before. Oh, you've got to have heard of Adrian Amos of Chicago. 50, he started 57 of 60 games in his career, and he was a fifth-round pick. The commentators might have mentioned his name once or twice. Yeah. We're, we're, we upgraded in our secondary, we upgraded in our pass rush, and we upgraded at O-line and Billy Turner. You know, he hasn't... He's had some experience, hasn't, you know, started full seasons, but he's athletic and he fits our scheme perfectly with Matt LaFleur. So we're excited about all these guys. And, you know, the Bears might still be a little bit better than us for next year. You know, Khalil Mack's a game changer every week. But I think we're that second team in the NFC North next year. And we're for sure cracking a wild card spot and you're going to make a run in the playoffs because that's what Aaron Rodgers does. Oh, Zach, the fact you think the Packers have a bright future just because they signed four guys that actually kind of helped their team, but to what extent? To not a 6-10 and ten Vikings extent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm i not going to lie, it does scare me that the Packers are opening their wallet to people and not trying to improve in the draft like they Big have been. Big time. Like they have been hey, for the past Keep in mind, we have years. two first-round picks two? this year. We got two. We have, we have 12 and 30. Last year, didn't they trade out of the first round? They did, but we have we have pick twelve and pick thirty this year. I'm hoping 
right now that they'll trade up to pick number three and try and get Quinn and Williams. He's a offensive lineman. The Oreo cookie guy. Yep, the Oreo cookie guy because <laughs> he is crazy and he will he's gonna destroy people in his career. So Minnesota, get him first. Yeah. Oh, do where's your pick this year? Uh slightly better slightly behind the Packers yeah, because well, they're they better than the Well, they'll be year. in between because the Packers have 12 and 30. I think they're so. 17, 18, yeah, something like in that. There. But that's because they were better than the Packers, so they have a worse draft yeah, pick. Yeah, well, it, it happens once every decade or so. Once so. every decade. So Congrats. the fact the Vikings have won the NFC North for the past, what, six years? Yeah. You know, you, you don't, don't want to get into that. No, uh, we, we don't need to talk about that. We can talk about our four Super Bowl rings and, and then leave it at that. Winning the very first Super Bowl doesn't count. And the second. And the second Super Bowl does not count. They Why pl- not? They played like three other teams the entire season. It's not that hard to beat oh, three other teams. A dub is a dub. You're right, a dub and is a dub. here at the school, we don't come by them very often, so. <laughs> hey, a dub is a dub. Let's be supportive of our uh, We are supportive. We love our UMC athletics. But always retweeting their stuff. Always. We're, we're huge supporters, but you know, sometimes you got to... You're only funny if you laugh at yourself. Yeah, exactly. And as former athletes, we tend to prod ourselves a little bit more than most. Uh, And and those people are all of our friends, too. So that's why we poke fun of them. They they understand. They don't think it's too bad. But yeah. We'll uh, we'll wrap it up real quick uh, with some some wacky sports updates. Conor McGregor getting in some trouble once again. Again. Gets arrested for uh, uh, robbery because he knocked a phone out of a fan's hand and then breaks it and then took it with him. Yep. So instead of throwing a bike rack at a bus, he decided to break a phone and confiscate it all because he didn't like the fan taking a picture of him. And and it's similar news out of this. You heard about what happened in New York last night with the Knicks? No, I did not. A fan, a fan, uh, the owner was walking back through the tunnel into the locker room area okay. and a fan went up right up to the railing and he's, he yells, sell the team and then the owner stops and looks at him he's just like what did you say he said i said sell the team and then the the owner's just like that's a very rude thing to say and then they were like respectfully going at it for like a minute or so (laughs) and then the owner decided to kick him out of the arena and ban him for life so the so the new york knicks owner banned this fan for life from madison square garden i don't know if he can do that there's definitely going to be some legal action taking place but, you know, because, like, the Rangers play in Madison Square Garden. A bunch of players play in Ma- – or teams play in Madison Square Garden. But, I mean, if he is the owner of the New York Knicks, he can – I guess he's within his rights to ban him from Knicks games the in the future. The owner of the Madison Square Garden – or the owner of Madison Square Garden is the Madison Square Garden company. Right. And James Dolan, their team owner, is a – ooh, Charles Oakley says team owner James Dolan is a bully right, for threatening well, to ban fans from Madison Square Garden. Well, right, because Charles Oakley has also been banned from Madison Square Garden. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so basically at the end of the day, James Dolan's what, an overgrown child that owns a very crappy basketball team and won the best markets for a basketball team? Maybe he team? should take that fan's advice and sell the team. <laughs> hey, hey, James Dolan, maybe he's not wrong. Did you ever think about that? What have the Knicks done in the past 10 years? You're 20. 20 even. years, exactly. You were last good when you had Patrick Ewing on your team? Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, that was a while ago. You had Carmelo Anthony and... Couldn't make it work. You didn't do anything with him. And Phil Jackson as coach. <laughs> <laughs> and then 
Yeah, trying to run the triangle offense. Well, he was a GM, though, wasn't he? He was a coach there for a while. Yeah, he was also a coach there, but he also became a GM. Yeah. He's the one that drafted Chris Stops and Frank Entekalina. And where are they now? Well, Chris Stops is in Dallas, and Frank Entekalina was probably a poor choice. Yeah. But you know what? Obviously, draft picks don't work out, and Phil Jackson hit gold on Chris Stops, but... You know, it just, I don't know. Their last championship was in 1973. So. That's a long time. Yeah. And now they think they're going to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in free agency. They're too bougie for uh, New York. They're not going to be able to handle the pressure in playing in a city like New York, I think. Yeah. I I mean, well, Kyrie handled it okay in Boston, but New York's a little bit of a different animal than Boston. They're crazy about basketball there. Yeah. And in a uh, not good way. But, you know, I'm not going to hate on teams and loving their fans. But to wrap it up, some local Twins news out of spring training. Ahiri Adrianza got caught with the hidden ball trick from the Detroit Tigers faithful Miggy, Miguel Cabrera. Every once in a blue moon, you kind of see the hidden ball trick actually get pulled off. And it happened. And And it happened to the Twins. And it happened (laughs) to the Twins. Yet another Minnesota sports team making news and all the wrong reasons. It's but okay. Maybe maybe next century you guys will turn it around and you guys will be like make it to the, the Patriots or ALC something and, and and have like all of your teams just be amazing. Next century though. Next we century. won't we'll be dead. But yeah, we'll be we'll be <laughs> long gone buried on the But our pod, our podcast episodes will still will Forever still be alive. Yep. We'll still be alive on all of our various um some. avenues to show you guys what we can do so you know i yeah i think the minnesota sports teams will one day be good it's just a matter of how many years from now until then mm-hmm. who knows maybe the twins will actually be surprisingly good and be a dark horse this year with rocco baldelli as their new manager but i wasn't a huge fan of the hiring i don't know much about him other than the fact that he used to play for the red sox i think he won a world series with them and to he is also a first base coach for the Rays last year, who were surprisingly actually a good team, considering the fact they traded away a lot of people. I liked you guys back in the Garden Hire days. The, the, yeah. He was my favorite manager. One of the cool things the Twins actually did the spring training was they Ron Garden Hire, who's currently the gen, or not the general manager, the uh, manager for the Detroit Tigers. Tigers. His son Toby Garden Hire is the manager for the. Fort Myer Miracle. Who are they affiliated they're with? They're the single, they're the high A for the Minnesota Twins. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. So he actually manages them. And on top of that, he got to give the lineup card to the umpire before before the game, and his dad was on the other side of home plate. So that was actually kind of a cool special moment that the Twins did. Yeah, definitely pretty cool. They don't play the Tigers a lot in Hammond Stadium yeah. in Florida because they're 100 miles apart, right. the Tigers and the Twins are. So it's actually a really cool thing for them to do that. And I respect the Twins and Tigers for that nice father-son bonding time on the opposite side of home plate. Not so much of a wacky sports sports update, but... It's actually a nice, cool family moment. So yeah. wrap it up here. Thank you for listening to our eighth episode of Season 2. Just a reminder, Zach and I are on spring break next week. So there will be Daytona. So there will not be an episode until the week of the twenty fifth. And Zach, I am beyond jealous that you're going to go to Florida for spring break. Well, I wouldn't be too jealous because I just look at the weather today, and uh, it's supposed to rain all four days we're there. So, Ooh. but it's still Florida, so we can't complain. Rain, 
17 feet of snow. Yeah. Rain, we'll, we'll 17 take the rain. feet of we'll snow. Take the rain. Yeah, enjoy the possible sunshine and warm weather. And as always, you can listen to us on Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube. And once I figure out the uh, issues currently going on with iTunes, we'll be able to get our podcast up on iTunes as well. So give us a follow on Twitter at CallAudiblePod. And for Zach Greenberg, I'm Greg Johnson, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye now. Calling an Audible is made possible through the assistance of the University of Minnesota Crookston Media Services Department and executive producer James Pogachnik. The views expressed on Calling an Audible are not necessarily the views of the University of Minnesota Crookston or its affiliates.